Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on another edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and we'll be 
joined with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And we want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly take your calls, and you can join us live on Facebook and YouTube, and we'll be right back after this quick break with The Female Solution. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution.
And we will be right back after this quick break. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly open your mic as we ask the question today, how are we talking to our children? There are many adults who are concerned about what they perceive as disrespect of this generation, and yet where what are our children learning from us? And if what they're learning from us is the disrespect that we've given them, then that's what we're going to receive. So we are asking that question today, and we'll be connecting to our global family and our co-host, Kareem Pami, and we want you to call in, 515-605-9325, and press 1. And you can join us live on Facebook and YouTube on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And we will be right back with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And we want to hear from you, 515-605-9325. And just press 1, and we will gladly take your comments. We've already got some callers on the switchboard. We appreciate you so very much. And we also have some viewers on our Facebook page, our Female Solution Facebook page. So we are looking forward to your comments as well. And for those who've been wondering where we've been, uh, we will always be on Facebook and YouTube. And even when Blog Talk has its technical difficulties, you can always join us visually. So we'll be right back after this quick break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry. You are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness sessions on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant. Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of our cells, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self 
cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Join me and my co-host, Kareem Hamid, every Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Female Solution Radio Show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our host. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution.
now connected with our co-host, Kareem Hamid. <laughs> and we're so excited to be connected this morning on the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. And I'm Naeem Lotis again uh, to our listening and viewing audience watching us on Facebook and YouTube Live. We have an opportunity to have a fabulous conversation and we certainly do appreciate those of you who who did decide to stick and stay. <laughs> it's been a challenging week with us. Uh, we've had some challenges with our blog talk studio, but of course, now that we're back and, and we certainly uh, appreciate all of those who are listening in. And uh, now that we have our visual and our audio connection, we can have a conversation. And so I want to say to my co-host and our American Muslim 360 family, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam naima. Praise be to Almighty God Allah. We are grateful to once again join hands <laughs> on the female solution. Praise be to Allah. Yes, ma'am. Alhamdulillah. Ah, yes. It's it's quite a uh, quite a task sometimes, you know. But we are grateful to be a voice that can help shape thought so that we can bring some new thought and some higher consciousness to our listening and viewing audience each day. Well, you know, there have been many conversations directed toward the younger generation regarding the issue of respect, respect for elders, respect for those who are in authority over them, teachers, uh, even police officers, uh, of course, parents, number one. But there have been a lot of complaints because children are using foul language. We're hearing it even reflected in our uh, music industry, extremes of vulgarity that would never have existed decades ago. And people are wondering what happened. What happened to the respect level? What happened to the decency level? And everybody's blaming somebody, but nobody's pointing a finger back at themselves and saying, what did I model for my children? in my home? What did I allow to come into my home as an example to them of what is appropriate behavior? And many of us were not monitoring what our children saw. We were not monitoring the kinds of things we were watching in our homes while our young children were present. We were not discussing with them and demonstrating for them what is the appropriate way to speak to another human being in all circumstances. And so now we're seeing the extremes 
and we don't know how to correct it. And you hear people talking about slapping somebody in the mouth and all these other kinds of things to make them know that they cannot curse you. But the question we have to ask today is, did you curse them? So we want to examine that with an honesty so that we can begin to correct the behavior that we're modeling for our children so that we won't be upset when they bring it back to us once they become an adult and they say those words that we feel are disrespectful. So that's our conversation today. We've asked the question, how are you talking to your children? So let me start out with this question, Brother Kareem. Do you remember whether your parents or if your parents ever cursed at you when you were a child? And do you remember how it made you feel if they did? Uh, I must answer honestly, no, no, not as a, not as a child. Um, matter of fact, uh, uh, curse words were not used in our home when I was a young child. My father would substitute certain phrases to emphasize a point. I remember him saying, what in the chicken salad sandwich are you doing? <laughs> you <know>? Well, that's creative. <laughs> that, 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 that sounds, sounds kind of harsh, but he's only asking, what in the chicken salad sandwich are you doing? You know? But but no, um, as a small child, I can I can say that uh, that my parents never cursed at us as children. As children, um, that was very uh, very positive because that left an an impression on us that. Bad language was just that. It was bad language. Uh, they impressed that by, um, by them not using bad language in front of us. Uh, that is the modeling. That is the model that they set for us. And also we uh, were uh, spiritual family when I was a little boy. Uh, the impression was made on us that, uh, that, 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 uh, that there was a higher a power over us and that we should pray. I remember my father would uh, bless, as they say, bless our table. Uh, these, this was standard practice at that time. He would lead us in prayer. We had to fold our hands and lower our heads. And he would so-called bless the, the uh, food and uh, express uh, our gratefulness for what, Allah had, for, for what Allah had blessed us with. That was that, that had a very positive impression on us. Not only was it impressed, 
he, him and my mother, they modeled that. They, they uh, took us to a church on Sunday morning. Uh, and also, we, had, we would say our prayers before going to bed. And I, I know that this sounds kind of strange to people that weren't in that era, but it was standard practice, practice to say your um, prayers first, then go to bed. So when I saw this big, strong man, I mean, my father was very athletic. He was very buffed. He had muscles and everything. He he looked very powerful to me, mm. and to, yeah, and to see that which I looked upon as power, to see him get on his knees, on the side of his bed, and fold his hands and lower his and lower his head, mm-hmm. and say a prayer before going to bed, that he. That there was two functions that uh, occurred. It was impressionable. We were impressed with that. That left a print on us, and him also actually doing that. He was modeling for us um, uh, uh, a decent and a, a recognition of there's a right and a wrong. And that even he, as powerful as he was, felt that he had had to answer to the Creator. Uh, that has stayed with. Now, I'm I'm not saying that I was a, a, a choir boy as I got <laughs> older. You know, I'm not. But that impression never left me. That modeling never left me. You know, um, uh, when I would, and a matter of fact, uh, in my high school years, some of my friends, their parents would make, um, you, you know, on Sunday morning, you knew not to go by so-and-so's house because they are getting ready for church. Mm-hmm. So they're leaving for church. Uh, so I that is I believe that is what is missing as we uh, as we move forward with our lives. But I believe we have neglected uh, the obligation of prayer and a recognition of that uh, there is a right and a wrong. I believe as a society. Too many, not everyone, but too many have left that type of impression, that type of modeling for us. And as a consequence, uh, we, are, we are seeing what we are seeing, that uh, no accountability, no respect for even elders, decency, all of that has left us along with the media aiding that effort to take the human being away from his acknowledgement of a spiritual life, of our souls, you know, 
um, uh, I believe that is what is missing. Uh, we uh, uh, have neglected that, the importance of putting that impression on our children and ourselves, you know, and ourselves. Uh, so we are unfortunately are victims of that type of uh, neglect, neglect. My daughter said to me, you know, she, she said, now she is grown. I mean, I know she's not a little girl. <laughs> she is in her 50s now. That the aversion to religion, she was uh, saying that there is a movement where there's an aversion to even use the word religion, that those that choose to uh to look in that direction, they use the word, I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. Uh, and I shared with her, do, you, you know, don't, don't uh, downplay or speak negatively of religion. She, have had, had, she has had witnessed so much uh, hypocrisy, hypocrisy from people that claim a religious this, uh, uh, behavior. And I expressed to her, don't blame the religion. Don't blame religion. It is those that refuse to follow the best of the religion that they have. Don't shy away from Religion, whatever religion, religion means to realign yourself, to align yourself. To realign. So, um, yes. Yes. So uh, uh, I, but she agreed with me, and she said that uh, that's another way of looking at it, and she respects that opinion, you know. Because we have to get back to religion means to realign yourself and have a discipline for your life. You know, anytime someone does something in a repetitive way, we say, yes, he gets up and he walks every morning religiously, religiously. That religiously means that he does this on a route a basis that he is dedicated to taking that walk every morning and he derives a benefit from doing something religiously as long as it is right and proper so uh, th that's where uh, society has failed has failed at is keeping God uh, in our in our language in our public discourse, uh, uh, I'm not saying that schools should, public schools should teach religion, but at one time there was a period when uh, before class, when, when uh, people would pray or even have a moment of silence as a recognition of a higher power in our lives. We, we can realign ourselves once more. 
we can begin to utilize those practices, those religious practices, and live them, model them, model them because our children are looking at us, and uh, we are the first example for them. We are the first example for them, you know. So as a small boy, I was aware of, of, uh, of what they call, call bad boys. You know, don't hang out with weirds or bad boys. <laughs> but when I look back, even those, yeah, even those bad boys, there was a, 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 uh, a smidgen of right and wrong, you know. It, it, uh, some of those bad boys wouldn't curse in front of elderly people, Mr. Woods, Mama Dolly. Uh, they, they were somewhat like uh, eld- elders in the neighborhood that I grew up with. Even guys standing on the a corner drinking wine or whatever. If Mama a Dolly walked by, they would straighten up and up and hide that a bottle. Get their hat to her. Yeah, speak to her. You know. And she would ask, are you boys being good? Yes, ma'am, Mama Dolly. Yeah, blah, 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 you know. And so that, that, uh, that, 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 that lack of respect for a higher authority is what has led us to where we are now. It's almost like anarchy. It's almost like anarchy. Uh, groups of people just doing whatever they want in private and public, and public, rob someone right in the open daylight, bomb rush a store, a whole group, just run in there and just take everything. There's no respect for law and order, for law and order. And uh, there's much I can say on that end, but I'll... uh, refrain from that because this isn't a bash the uh, 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 police. You know, there are some good po- there. There are some good police because when I was growing up also, there were law enforcement officers that sponsored baseball games. Yeah. That sponsored sports events. Yes. Yes. Business so that, that's sponsored. a whole different kind of relationship when when the officer is also a a sponsor or even a, a coach of a team. There's a different kind of relationship, mm-hmm. and and I saw that growing up. You had officers that were fathers of my friends, so my perception of police was definitely not one of fear, because. Well, my friends' fathers were police officers, and there was the highest yeah. respect and the belief, the feeling that they were there to protect you. Now, there was that era where, you know, here in Chicago, we know we've had some famous murders happen of members of the Black Panther Party, and as a child, yeah. I remember being influenced by that whole era of conflict during the civil mm-hmm. rights struggle, and that did change a lot of things 
inside of me in terms of my perception of who we could trust. That makes an impact. But those are just, that's just one of the things that kind of shatters the community that you're describing, where there are levels of respect, there is a respect for the strong fathers, there's a respect for the mothers that you didn't curse or drink around the 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 the, the mothers of the community because you wanted to maintain their respect. So all of those respect issues have dissipated. So what we're here to do today is figure out what happened. How did it get dismantled and how can we rebuild it without rebuilding the things that may be possible for tearing it down? We have to look back and examine the mistakes we made so that we can create the kind of society that we want to have. Right now, like you said, it's in chaos and total disorder and a complete lack of consciousness about what is decent and appropriate. It just isn't there. But something happened, and we have to take responsibility for it because the only way you empower yourself is to take responsibility. As long as we point the finger at somebody else, we remain powerless because you can't control somebody else. You can only control yourself. So if you can figure out what yourself can do, then yourself can fix the problem. So that's what we want to do today. We're going to take a quick break and come right back because I want to examine some of the points that you raised and some of the elements that were present in your upbringing and how those elements shape you and how the absence of those elements are shaping today's young people. So we'll be right back after this quick break. And we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just a moment. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325. And press 1 when you're ready to speak so that we can open your mic, or 515-605-9891. And again, press 1. So our host, Kareem. Me can open your mic and get your thoughts on the AM360 line. And we've got a caller. We're going to come to you right after the break, area code 815-666. We're coming to you after this short break, so we want you to stay with us. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light 
transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On-air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on-air everywhere, online all the time. Unmuted. are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV show. I'm Naima Latif along with our co-host Kareem Hamid and our American Muslim 360 family. And we want to hear from you. We've asked the question, how are you talking to your child? Well, there are many of us who grew up in families where verbal abuse was common, and parents, when they get angry, they speak in tones that are harsh because many of them were raised in that manner. And not everybody had the presence of spiritual belief in their home. And even those who did, there are some parents who, with the same mouth that they pray to before their meal, would curse you out and call you the worst name and see no contradiction in it at all. 
So we have to examine what it is we're seeing today in our children. And what are who are they reflecting? Because they are mere reflections. What is the image that they've been given that they're reflecting back to us that we say is so ugly and unacceptable? Let's go to our phone line and get your thoughts. Area code 815-666. Your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comments. Scoopy James calling from the Midwest. Yeah. Scoopy um, James. So let me ask you this question, Koopy. And you know, Brother Green gave us a a, a beautiful image of family life and the stability of the strong father who prayed before the meals and led the family in prayer and set the example of praying even before you go to bed and all of that, so that you had as a child the understanding that there is a higher power that we're all responsible to and that we must reverence and respect. So that was the, the, the aura of the household in which he grew up. Uh, and, of course, that was the plus side. He shared with us some of the not-so-plus sides, and we'll get into that later, because <laughs> there are two sides to all things. And the, the best parts of our families we, we certainly want to imitate, but there are some things that many of them did that damaged us. So let me ask you this. Do you remember your parents ever cursing at you, saying words to you that they say you better not say back to them? Do you have a memory of any of that at all? Well, I was a good I was a good kid, unfortunately. Why is it unfortunate? <laughs> Aren't you supposed I was to be good? good? They didn't have to they didn't have to holler at, holler at me. You know, I did mm-hmm. my chores. I did what I was supposed to do. I watered the garden, and I didn't raise no sand. So they pretty much let me do what I wanted to do. But uh, uh, that's, you know, that's my experience. Uh, and even today, I'm the same type of person where, you know, if somebody is hollering at me, I, I don't respond because I, I wasn't raised like that. And I also, you know, wanted to keep that peace because we knew what was going on in the world. We knew that there was, we knew that there was outside forces, just like today, that we have these outside forces who, who are coming to our country that are attacking black black people. We're being attacked like never before. And this is why we're I'm connecting with the youth, being spiritual and love because we're under major attack of people who want to get rid of us. And nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to nobody want that's the elephant in the room. That our, our 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 sisters are marrying people from other countries that they know nothing about. Our men are marrying people from other countries that they know nothing about because they're trying to cancel black black people out of America. Okay, this 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 this, this, this that's my conversation, you know, uh, today. 
I don't know, everybody, we want to talk about our past lives and our traumas. You know, my, my child life was good, but I'm looking ahead. My child life has nothing to do what I'm going to do with what I'm going to do today or tomorrow. I determine my destiny by what I do right now and tomorrow. I had a good childhood. I understand my difficulties. I understand the traps that people try to set me in because I'm not, I'm not gang related. I'm not a part of this. I'm not a part of the ways. And so I get a I, I get I get a text every day, and I laugh at it because they see a peaceful they see a peaceful man, and they try to disturb that. And you can't because I because I see I see it coming. So my parents didn't have to scream at me. You know. I was just born a, a peaceful, a peaceful person. So, you know, I get a, I get along with people. You know, um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you want something juicy. I know you want something no, 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 to hang. No. You, you, you know, some things that, that, that they, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have. See, some of us, some of us, uh, uh, people, people, we, we don't go through what other people go through. We, we, you know, you know what I'm saying. Every household is not the same. Now, yeah, you might have you, my, my parents with me one time, once. Yeah, you, that was enough. You told me that that you you were going to actually run away after that happened, uh, but well, then you yeah, know, come yeah, well, back. Then, <laughs> I'm saying all of us didn't have traumatic life, traumatic upbringings. You know, we've had situations going on. Everybody, you know, the, the world ain't. You know, it's how you view the world. You know, people tell me, man, oh, be safe today. I say, why? Man, the predators out there. I said, why can't I be a predator? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I'm a predator. And maybe I'm a good predator. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one that's attacking evil before it attacks mm-hmm. me. That's me. Well, I attack evil. Because I know evil is coward. I know evil... Has a, has a, you know, they're cowards. I'm a predator. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you know, there are many people who saying they they are attacking evil, but then evil is also a perception, and wrong is a perception. Uh, but but I wanna I wanna thank you for your comments. I wanna address some of the things that you brought up, and uh, perhaps what led to that. Conclusion. I had a conversation recently with uh, an old acquaintance that was talking about men marrying women outside of the race, so to speak, uh, seeking women who are foreign-born because they're more submissive or uh, not as, as aggressive as African-American women, specifically African-American, not just women of African descent, because even women coming over from other countries in Africa, the perception is that they have been conditioned to be less confrontative. And this conversation that I was having with my friends, uh, is that 
men have grown up in households with mothers who cursed them out and made them feel bad, and they, they've had black wives who cursed them out and made them feel bad, and they've discovered that women from other cultures don't do this. And so my friend's theory is that black men are going to go outside the country in order to find suitable spouses because the experience that they've had with women born here has been so harsh and so hurtful, and they don't want to experience that again. So you mentioned people marrying people from other countries they don't know anything about, you know, and they, they, they say grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. But then the perception is also that someone who has your same color has your same consciousness. And what is the saying? Everybody with our color is not our kind. So it's a state of mind that you're marrying. You're, you're, you're marrying a soul inside a body. You're marrying somebody who you feel harmony with in spirit, and the people who look like you may not be the people that you are in harmony with, especially if they grew up in a different culture. Even though we can all be of African descent, born in America, having had a collective experience, but you had some families who may have been like Kareem's family, where the father was uh, a, a strong leader and, and, and strong figure in the household that set a tone of respect and, and a spiritual base. And then you have some families where the father is either missing or has some type of dependency, whether it be alcohol or drugs, that alters his, persona- his personality and makes him someone that you fear and don't trust because sometimes, you know, they go through that Jekyll and Hyde thing. You know, sometimes they're a nice guy, and then other times they may be abusive both both verbally and physically, may have terrorized the household, or been someone who because of an addiction to alcohol or drugs was unstable financially, couldn't keep employment or, or take care of business because, whatever trauma they were living with disabled them. And so the result of that was a household that was dysfunctional. Many people had that experience, even though everybody might have been the same color. So it just depends on what's inside the person. And people are seeking someone who they feel complements them and where they are in their spiritual journey. And they may feel that someone of their color is just simply too traumatized to provide the kind of comfort that they're looking for. Men feel that way, and there are a lot of women that feel that way. Many women feel that the black male experience in this country has just been too emotionally damaging for men and that the men are too brutal, too insensitive, uh, not able to provide a stable family life because too many of them have not had fathers that modeled for them what Kareem's father modeled for him. And they don't want to repeat that same kind of dysfunction 
and they feel that a man from another country can provide a better atmosphere. Again, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. You know, what you what you discover is that other people have their own dysfunctions. But for many of us who may have had a challenging experience, we're believing that other people are better at forming relationships because what we may have experienced was so painful, both from our parents and then our spouses. So we're looking outside of this country for the solution. So that's what you're seeing. And neither, I mean, none of those beliefs are wrong. People are are simply choosing to not feel pain anymore. If you've grown up in a family where your, your parents made you feel pain and then you grew up and got married and your spouse made you feel pain, you're trying to figure out how can I not experience pain again. That's what that is. So what we're seeing in our children today, that life is a pendulum. It goes to one extreme, and then it swings back to the other extreme. And it has to keep swinging back and forth until we finally reach that balance in the middle. And our children are at an extreme, and there's a reason for it. we got to figure out what is it that they are reacting to, that they don't want to experience the pain that they experience anymore. So we put forth the the thought that perhaps in the households in which they were raised, there was extreme disrespect and an absence of that foundation of a spiritual base. And so they're mirroring the way they were treated, and it's not pleasant to see. But we have to look at is that what is inside of us? So I'm going to thought, throw this thought out there, and Kareem, you can tell me what your thought is, and we'll address it after the next break, uh, probably. And of course, we want to have our listeners call in. And if you're on our switchboard now, press one. One of the things that happened in those very structured religious families where, you know, family stays together because the you know, family prays together and you have a strong family, a strong father. Often that strong religious parent, whether it was the mother or the father, often they were very harsh disciplinarians. And they believed strongly in corporal punishment to, quote, discipline the children. And Many of us remember those ritual beatings, and we talked about that last week. And the trauma of that is something we didn't want to experience again. So what we did was the opposite. We didn't enforce that kind of behavior because we remember the pain of it, but also in not inflicting the harshness of the punishment. We also did not know how to lovingly correct. And we might not have hit our children, but we verbally abused them out of our frustration of not being able to make them behave because we didn't know another way to guide without the beatings. We didn't want to do the beatings because we, we knew that was abusive, but we also didn't learn 
the techniques for shaping behavior. So in our to control them, we did use verbal abuse, trying to either insult them into behaving correctly or shame them into behaving correctly. And it was painful what we did to them. And many of them kept that pain bottled up inside of them until they got older, too too old for us to force them to not talk back. And then they began to express to the world and to us what was inside of them. And it comes out in the form of language that is so harsh and hurtful and vulgar that we're shocked. But we put it inside us. And we did that because that's really what was inside of us that we couldn't express at parents who were so physically violent because that was the belief that that's how you enforce the spiritual belief that I'm going to beat the devil out of you. (laughs) I'm going to beat the fear of God in you. And because we didn't have other techniques for shaping behavior, this is what we experienced. So you know, Naima, this is what I see. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, on on a broad scope, on a broad scope, the messages that were sent not only to us but to other citizens of this country, um, we use the term turbulent 60s, turbulent 60s. That period was a time when injustices were uh, were addressed from every quarter, every quarter. And there was a message sent and a thought process of anti-establishment. We're against the establishment. Anti-authority. Uh, there was this this phrase in the sixties: "Don't trust anyone over thirty. Yeah, over thirty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in addressing injustices, and there were many. I believe we went too far. We threw the baby." Out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that anti-establishment, and we it's all right to question establishment, question authority, and and write it, write it, make it work for everyone, but don't do away with the idea of established norms and authority. Uh, That message even reached inside the home. Anti-authority, anti-establishment. If someone would correct 
a young mind according to the standards, they would be accused of being old-fashioned. Mm. Oh, oh, that was back then. We don't do that anymore. We, that was old rep time stuff. Rep time. I don't know what rep time means, but it, it means <laughs> something that is outdated. And uh, the whole country went too far with that. Anti-establishment. Uh, Anti-authority. And uh, in our quest for battling injustice, we went too far and dismantled authority instead of cleaning authority up. Yeah. We went too far with anti-establishment. The establishment is what brought us this far. There was a structure. Correct the structure, but don't do away with a structured life. You know, we went too far with that. Children started questioning their parents and showing disrespect. Uh at one time, there was no such word as, yeah, they are shacking. Speaking of a, a, a man and woman, that was frowned upon. We went so far as to do away with the institution of marriage. That so anti-establishment, we even did away with the sacred bond of marriage. Uh so that we are, are feeling the consequences of that error, of going too far in correcting establishment, in correcting, in, in correcting authority. We need an authority and an and established way of living for our lives. We went too far. Um, and now there is a total disrespect for authority, uh, for establishment. What we witnessed, uh, I'm quite sure everyone uh, is aware of the abroad or the, the a fight that took place, and I think it was in Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Where, yeah, where this excursion over boat had come into dock and let the passengers off, there were a group of, of people that had their boat in that space at the dock. And an African-American was in authority to keep that dock orderly. Uh, but he represented authority. We, you know, we are going against authority. Uh, we may say, well, it was because he was African American. Well, that may have played a a, uh, a a part in it, but it goes beyond that. Beyond that, we have come into a mindset in this country. Anti-authority and anti-establishment. We we have to clean up. Yeah, and and 
and people are correct. It is the system. The system was not formed correctly. Mm. Its base, its foundation was, was not adequate. We have to correct, co- put the correct measures in place, but don't do away with an established way of life. Don't do away with authority. Authority begins with the parent, huh? the teacher. I mean, it, 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 it spreads. It spreads all the way up to the federal government. We have to have authority. Let's clean it up, but don't destroy it. Don't blow it up. Don't blow it up. Because now it is that thought, I can do whatever I want. I don't care what the laws I'm going. We are going in this 7-11, and we're going to take anything we want, anything that we want. I'm going to go, go home, and if my mother says something to me from the position of anti-authority, I'm going to disrespect even her. So we've gone too far in trying to make the correction mm. in the society in which we live. I agree. <laughs> we must, yeah. So... I, I'll stop right there, but that is what the whole country is going through. Not, and, and let me say this. We, we cannot blame the uh, people that are entering this country uh, as immigrants, asylum seekers, and stuff like that. No, we were off the rail long before that. <laughs> Listen, I look yeah, forward to you all right. Yes. <laughs> they didn't make this mess. If a man, right. If a man and woman, if they cohabited without the sacred bonds of marriage, the community tolerated them, but they did not condone that. Mm. They looked down on that. So now it's so prolific now. People are even asking, well, why even get married? What, what, what? What's the uh, benefit of that? Well, sit down. Let me talk to you. Mm. Let me talk to you. Well, you know, there are reasons why that happened. Yes. Yeah, there are reasons why that happened. Right, and I must say now, yes, uh, uh, women were under unjust authority, sometimes in the home, in the social environment, and in the workplace, and African Americans. We were under uh, unjust authority. So there was a movement to correct the establishment, correct it, erect it, re, re, recreate, re-erect, not, dis- 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 not, dis- not destroy. So what right. we're seeing now is a lack of authority, a lack of respect, and an outright protest against established norms. 
But I believe we have gone so far now that we are we are not the only ones having this conversation. This yeah. conversation is being held across this country. Well, yeah, and, everybody's uh, trying to figure out what how, how, see, we, we can't, what happened. Yeah, you know, they're trying to figure out what happened. And we know that we yeah. have to fix it. But like you say, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we do have to throw out the bathwater. So we have to figure that out. We've got a caller on our line. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead with our conversation because we we've had a lot of commercials just in the beginning trying to start our technical correction here. So so we're gonna keep going uh, until the next uh, until until the bottom of the hour there. And I'm gonna open the mic for Eric Code seven oh six two oh two Grand Rising. Thank you for joining us. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your thoughts. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Naima, and Brother Kareem. Brother Kareem keeps saying, the the old saying that we say back in the day was anti-disestablishment terrorism. And what we're talking about Mm -hmm. is the, what has been established as in this Turtle Island, has been established a rule of law that is not with the order of of the natural law, and this is what we're seeing as human beings here on this on this turtle island. There's a dysfunction in the way in which things were established because there was an order here before the invaders came into and created this system of what they call what you said earlier was federal government and that you come into someone's house and you change the rule of the law in their house. And this created what we see today is a hierarchy and that there is a rule to say that we have power over nature. Only person has power over nature is the creator who created it. And what we are having is, is what the African proverb says, is that the destruction of a nation begins in the home. The destruction of a nation begins in the home. And when you come into someone's home and you reestablish removing the matriarchal guidance with the patriarchal guidance and saying that we, the people who are Anglo-Saxon, are the superior and all others are inferior, then you create something that is out of order. And in this, this, this whole time that this has been established, it is not in the order of what nature is, because the order is there's a universal order, there's a natural order, there's a, a cosmic order thing is is that we as humans here and and across the planet is is having happen is that we're out of order there is a guidance that was given once upon a time to say that there were things in which there was truth justice harmony balance order propriety propriety and reciprocity those were seven laws created by a woman called maya and there was, were tools and ways in which to do. And the thing that we've lost in the community and we see is that we don't have values, moral, respect, and ethics. 
value, how do you value a male-female relationship? How do you have a morally relationship with a woman and a man? How do you earn respect? And what is ethically correct? So what we're looking at is generational after generation after generation of this system of things that did not work and does not work in a way that was divine order. So we're looking at how do we have to do this? Is this an inside job for first the individual human to identify how did they value themselves? How do you feel morally? Do you respect yourself? And are you ethically correct? First start within, and there's an old saying is that if there's no enemy within you, the enemy outside of you can't harm you. So we've got to look in the mirror, and we've got to justify how we have a relationship with our creator and how we have a relationship with ourselves first. That's the first marriage of, of humanness. So the part for us is, is that, yes, we can look and we can say and we can point fingers, but the part of it is you got to begin with self, and then from self you share and you guide that child because a child is born knowing right and wrong. We have a tradition where we bring the child before the village or the community and you take that child and you give it water, and it will suckle. You give it something bitter, it will cry. It already is born with knowing right and wrong. This is not right for me to be, for you to be putting this in my mouth. Or you give that child to a spirit that is not correct and loving, it will cry. So it already has the frequency to distinguish right and wrong. It is our charge as the village to make sure it doesn't forget. We're seeing the reflection of generation, each generation out of relative obscurity must either fulfill its mission or we all fail. That is what France Fanon said. And the thing that we're looking at, we're seeing this generation, and this is an excellent talk because we as elders are getting ready to become ancestors. And the thing that we have to do is stop this generational theft and look at how we can pass on and guide the purpose of each child that has been born every seven seconds since this program has started. There has been mm. a child coming out of the womb. That's where we begin. Even in the conception of putting that child in a womb, it needs to be corrected. Absolutely. Well, you know, you said a, a number of things that I'd like to take a look at. First of all, the child being born, knowing right from wrong, and being able to feel when something is incorrect. Every species is born into a community. And when that community has as its way of life the good of the collective body, then that child can feel safe and cared for because the community understands that new life being born into it is an addition and an enhancement to the community. So that child's care is something that all of the adults participate in among those species where that consciousness exists. We can see that in everything from ants to elephants. 
but we the people, our understanding of the collective good. We don't have it, and that's why our society is chaotic. We have this individualism, and this is what we allowed ourselves to believe was correct. And you pointed out people coming to this land came with a philosophy of selfishness and individualism and came into cultures where there was a collective cooperative body and imposed a way of thinking that was destructive. So not to blame Europeans because an enemy can only defeat you if there's something inside of you that is disunified. And there were points of conflict even among the indigenous people. So all of us as a human family have to look at our philosophy of life. And first of all, did we have a family that operated as a unit? Or did we have parents that pitted one child against another? And did we have a the block where we lived, the community that we were raised? Were we going to school in the classroom where the teachers pitted one child against another and created a hierarchy where some were jealous of the others or some felt superior over others? Were we constantly raised in an environment where there was conflict created among people? And so rather than cooperate for the common good, we were taught to compete and taught to despise those who we saw as lesser than us or taught to despise those who were put above us. What did we experience in terms of a, of a, a, a teaching that said we're doing everything we're doing for the collective good? That's not a cultural value in this nation and in, a, in many other nations where there's conflict. So we can learn a lot from some of these other species that at least operate as a collective. And when we create something that's painful, a child knows that's not right. They know it's not right for them to be treated badly. They know it's not right for them to be excluded. They know it's not right for them to be neglected. You're right. They know, they, they're born with an inborn inner guidance that says when something is wrong. But yet when the society condones the wrong and reinforces the wrong, then the child is going to rebel against the wrong. That's really what we're seeing. We're seeing generations rebelling against what was wrong. But in the rebelling against what was wrong, like Kareem was saying, they also rebelled against what was right. They throw the baby baby out with the bathwater. So there are things that we are today that are harmful and our children are rebelling against that. And rightfully so, because it's wrong. It's wrong to create a society of haves and have-nots when the land is plentiful and yet you force some people to be denied basic necessities. They're angry about that because that's wrong. But then also the right thing that we perhaps fail to instill in them principles of 
responsibility. You have a responsibility to the collective. You have a responsibility to develop yourself so that you are contributing something of valuable, of value, and something that can enhance life for all. That's the value that we didn't instill in them. They don't want to work because they feel that work is is something that enslaves you. They don't like the feeling of they don't they don't like what they observed in their parents working a job for forty years, barely making it, not not being able to survive. And if the value is get rich so you can get respected, well, then their conclusion is, well, I don't want to work this menial job, and my parents don't have the respect of these wealthy people that everybody admires, so I'm going to get my wealth directly by whatever means is made available, whether it's legal or illegal, because the value that they were given is that you only get respected if you have wealth instead of the value being you get respect because of what you contribute to the whole. So we have to look at the values we gave them and the pain we caused them and see what they're reacting to, the reason why they've come to the unfortunately wrong conclusion, to just throw it all away and rebel against everything. That's on us. And a lot of the things that we experienced growing up, like Kareem was saying, we the, the generation of rebellion. We're against authority. We're against we're against order and structure. Okay, fine. Maybe maybe something's a little too harsh. Something we're oppressive. Let's get rid of the oppression, but we still have to have an orderly society where everybody functions together, so that there's a collective harmony and benefit. That's what we need to build. But we need to get rid of harsh authority where people are given the power to abuse people. That's the thing we were rebelling against. So we need to throw out that dirty bathwater, but we need to keep the baby, which is the cooperation based on organization and order and everyone's collective responsibility to contribute. That's what we need to maintain. The question is, how do we do that? We have to build what right now doesn't quite exist, but it can if we simply take the time to plan it and create it. You know, Naima, what we, what we, you know, I have, have said this and I hope it's valued, is recognized uh, by way we, you mentioned whipping our children, discipline, threatening them with physical assault. Well, what do you think that that child is going to value? If that child is going to, 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 to value dispensing pain. Absolutely. Dispensing pain to get what they want. Absolutely. Um, uh, as parents, we should establish a personal one-on-one relationship with every member of our family. You know, if to set aside time for me and my grandson, 
let's take a walk, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, let's talk and have a private conversation with them. That shows that you care. Yeah, absolutely. They look to see how much do you care, and you took time out of your life. You spent your time, which is precious, with them and had a heart-to-heart talk with them because you love them and you want the best for them. Try to drive that point home. We need a personal relationship with each other. I have several brothers and sisters, but each one of them, I have a personal relationship with every individual, you know, uh, respect is garnered like that. And because you have took the time to establish that, that is saying that you respect and value them. Absolutely. Not just a, a collective punishment or I threaten you, threaten you with physical violence. Now, I, and I'm going to say this, and I don't mean no disrespect to my Christian brother. You are my brother, and we're all on the same battlefield. But we have to question what we have been given to guide our lives. And religion is very important. Our spirituality is very important. We bring a spirit with us. If the root of your spirituality if the root of it is based upon violence, mm. the, the, the killing and murdering of an honest, upright man, the, the murder of an upright man displayed, publicly displayed, if that is the root of your spirituality, then that violence takes root inside of the person. There was a crime. That, that, that was an alleged crime. But you only accept it if you, if you adopt that crime. So we have to question what we have been given as a way of life. We need to question these symbols, signs, signs, and symbols that have been given to the world. So I'll stop right there, but I, I believe that is most important. If we ignore the, 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 uh, ignore the spiritual nature, of that new life that Almighty God has passed through us into this reality, and they are met with, you must accept the murder of an innocent man, scourged and hung. And that is how, that is your salvation. We need to question that. That's real deep. 
and look at that. I'll stop we, we, right there. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to examine how our religions have perhaps created the mess we're in and why our children are rebelling against all of it because they felt in their soul this is not right. And as a result, Mm -hmm. the good that could have been used in the religion Mm -hmm. to guide them was also thrown away. So we got to take a look at this because what you just said was real powerful and we have to look at the painful truth so we can fix the problem. So we'll be right back after this last break, and we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. And if you've got a comment to make, give us a call, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891 and press 1 so that raises your hand on the switchboard. And we'll be right back after this last break. So we want you to stay with us. In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn you into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom. dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, 
We will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. And we are back. You are listening to and watching the female and our American Muslim 360 family that joins us with our co-host Kareem Hamid every Wednesday. And today we've asked the question: How are you talking to your children? Well, let me share a few remarks from our Facebook family. Forgive me if you're watching. I don't have my contacts in today, so my face is all up against the screen, but my eyes are kind of sore. Y'all didn't really care about all that, but I thought I'd let you know. (laughs) Why? She's up on the screen. So we have Zelda that says, Grand Rising, beautiful people, great understanding. Thanks for sharing. Yes, and she says, Children sometimes teach adults lessons we don't want to learn. Yes, and it's hard realizing that sometimes they're right and we're not right in what we're doing. And also from HLN TV shows, he says, religion will keep you in a place you don't want to be there, longer than you want to be there. People are slowly awakening. And, you know, as crazy as it looks, a lot of the rebellion against certain things in society, that's what that is. And we got to figure out what it is our children are telling us from their rebellion. And Beata says, Grand Rising Queen and King needed conversation to change what's not working. Yes. If something is not working, you don't keep trying to work it. Well, there were things that were said by our co-host need to be addressed because it's time to address it. And if we can connect our children back to the source, to the creator, then we can turn the light on inside of them that has been turned out. It's just like if you have a lamp. If you have a lamp and it's unplugged, then even if you've got the brightest light bulb screwed in, if it's not connected to the source of electricity, it won't shine. Unmuted. Our children need to be reconnected to the source of light. They need to be reconnected to the source of God. And when we do that, we will see them transformed. But what we've given them is a belief system that keeps them from making that connection because the source of life is only love. It's love. It is the nurturing, the the acceptance, the encouragement, not the pain and hostility 
with which we've raised them because of a belief that God gives pain and suffering. And unfortunately, our misinterpretation of what happened to the great spiritual teacher that walked among us keeps us from benefiting from his teaching. It's time for us to understand that what he was demonstrating, no matter what someone thinks about you or says about you or even does to you, they cannot change the reality of who you are as a divine being. Divine meaning we are all created by the divine, expressions of the divine, and no one can make us lesser than who we are no matter what they do to us. And when you have mastered your mind, then what you are able to express and how you're able to transform people with your example and your wisdom lives on even after your physical body is gone. No one can kill you. You are an eternal being whether you are inside a body or outside a body. So you have no need to fear those who threaten you with death. He was demonstrating that. But we in our misunderstanding and misguidance from those who had a political agenda had been made to believe that God required someone to suffer in order for us to be forgiven for our mistakes. And in a way that we believe that justifies our mistreatment of our own children, making them suffer. And this is why they're rebelling. So, I mean, Brother Kareem hit it on the head, as painful as it may be for us to hear it. We misunderstood that incident in in history, and we focused so much on the death of the man and his torture and suffering that we totally missed the teaching, which was about love and the collective work and responsibility so that all people are able to live in peace. We missed that teaching. And we are lauding the the suffering, the pain, the torture, not understanding what he was demonstrating, that this cannot defeat you. So do not fear those who are corrupt in authority over you because they threaten you with pain and death. They cannot defeat you. That's what he was demonstrating. When we learn that lesson, then we can grasp and emulate his life and teachings and benefit from it. And we can stop beating our children, believing that we have to beat the evil out of them, believing that they're born bad, believing that we have to curse them because they're bad, believing that we have to humiliate them because this is how God treats people. When we stop believing that, we'll stop doing that. And then we'll stop seeing them respond with the anger that we've placed inside of them for being mistreated. That's real. And you know, Naima. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, our 
our beloved Jesus, may we pray the prayers and the peace upon him. Uh, if we look at our scripture with a, a discerning eye, he was identified as the word, a word from God. And that word is emblematic of the message that he brought. Absolutely. So the crucifixion is not of a physical body. It is to crucify and destroy his message of unconditional love, of yeah. unconditional love. That was the so. Name. Right. So we 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 look at the physical and ignore the most important part, the message that God sent through Him. That God sent through Him. How did we get in this position? With, with a, a loving, righteous prophet that brought a word from God. And here we are treating each other like barbarians, savagery, savages, like savages. Jesus identified himself to his followers, and he used the example of a man that was not even following him, that was not a part of his community. He shared with his disciples the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. The Good Samaritan. Samar was a reason, it was a country or a town or a nation, whatever. And because he was a member of that city, he was known as a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And we know, we know what was conveyed, that there was a man on the side of the road needing help in a bad condition. Yeah. And people walked past him. They turned their, their eyes away from him. But one man came along that was from Samar, and he recognized the suffering of that human being. And he stopped on the side of the road to help him, to help him, and took the man where he could get help and implored and implored upon those that he left the man with to help him. And on my return, uh, uh, on my return visit, I will pay you. Now, what's the message in that? To care about another human being. Absolutely. I'm, I'm quite sure that that message is hitting home now. By me saying that, that is the word. That is the word. So simple. Yes. So that that being the case, that being the case, 
as you said, that was the message that, and that story has come down through the ages. So how do we make that manifest? Because when we create systems that are hurtful, systems that punish mm-hmm. people for not having money, humiliate people, make them suffer, make children suffer, when we create that and we cause pain, then people rebel against us because it's unloving. Anything that's unloving is ungodly. It's not from the creator. It is not the spirit of the creator. Any religious teaching that is unloving is not from the creator. It's from the distorted minds of the human being that misunderstand and are disconnected from the creator. Any religious teaching, it doesn't make any difference how long is your tradition or how long it's been a belief, if it's hurtful and painful, it is not coming from the creator that is giving us, through people who are setting an example, the understanding of unconditional love. Unconditional, that means it doesn't matter whether you have a physical appearance that's pleasing to me. It doesn't matter if you are of the intelligence that I think you should be or the skills that I think you should be before I can show you kindness and respect. Unconditional love. I love you because you exist. You are a creation of the creator. I love you because you exist. We have to demonstrate that in all of our systems of every aspect of life, government, business, industry, everything. And when it's unloving, it's ungodly. And that's why the souls of our children rebel That is the Antichrist, Naima. Absolutely. The position we are in now. Yes. They are so we, looking for some individual to show up and all of that. But it's a it mind. It's our understanding. It's our understanding yes, that is to return. And we've got a comment from our sister Zelda from HLN TV show says, Teach, sister, yes, and yeah, brother, teaching, yes, and and let those lights shine. Our youth show and our youth know and share this as little ones. And if we sometimes beat or speak negatively, humans are slowly awakening. Amen. Yes. So we. See the light in our children and help them shine. And we can't do that if we're abusive to them, if we're saying things to them that hurt them, and if we're treating them badly in whatever arena they're in, whether they're in the classroom and the teacher is humiliating them or talking to them in a way that makes them feel bad, shaming them. Everything that we're doing, we have to look and and see, is this reflecting love? And if it isn't, then we need to change it. And when we demonstrate love, it will come back to us. Our children are demonstrated the they're demonstrating the way we have treated them. They're demonstrating it in their behavior. So and you know, Karen, you mentioned earlier about marriage. Marriage is when you stand in the presence of God, the the presence of your creator, you and your mate. And you promise to each other that you're going to treat each other in a loving manner. No matter what difficulties you go through, you're going to go through this earth journey together. 
and be loving partners of support to each other. That's what that promise is. That's what marriage is. Now, young people who say, well, there's no need for marriage, are you disagreeing that you should make that promise to your creator, that sacred bond? Are you disagreeing with that? Are you disagreeing with the business contract with the state because you've seen how the state exploits your separation by making you pay money and punishing you financially in a way that is unjust. Maybe that's the thing that they're rebelling against. So what we need to do is correct the way the state handles divorce so that our children don't get the message that I'd rather not get married because if we choose to separate, then we get exploited and abused, and often the men are the ones who feel like they may lose access to their children, uh, they may be humiliated, put out of their homes, and so this is creating the, the reluctance to establish that contract with the state, which is marriage. But the real marriage is not the contract with the state. The real marriage is in the heart and the relationship with the other party. The state is merely the one who ensures that the laws of inheritance are properly carried out when one of you departs. That's what it should be. So if it was a loving system based on unconditional love, then people would not have to fear it's going to be abused or abusive to them. So we need to fix that. But we do need to make that promise to each other. When we're creating, when we're bringing forth children together, we have a responsibility to those children to have a commitment to each other so that we can raise them in a home that is safe and secure. That's what the marriage bond is. And when we don't do that, then we are hurting the community because we're not fulfilling our responsibility to raise a loving child. And when that happens, what we see is what we get. And we have to fix it. So true. So true. So true. You know, God has said to us in the Quran that it is he, the creator. When you meet someone of like nature, of like nature, someone that is compatible with you and your soul. God, he said he will place love, mercy, and sakina. Sakina means tranquility, peace between you two. That is how we procreate. That is how we move life forward. Absolutely. So yes. I, I'll stop right there. And I, I hope that what that I'm quite sure we are giving solutions. Uh, Naima named this broadcast correctly, the female solution. And what we are offering is solution. Praise be to God. Yeah. Praise be to God. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host and sharing your wisdom. We hope that the hearts of those who listened were touched. Look out for our upcoming parenting class, Parenting with Peace. 
launching soon, and we hope that this can begin a new trend in guidance and parenting for those who are going to be bringing forth life. We start all the way from before conception and go all the way to that child is 18 years of age and prepared to leave your home. What are the steps? 12 lessons in that series, and we're looking forward to sharing it with you on the Teachable platform and our New Earth homeschool. I've been informed. I have about 90 seconds. 90 seconds. <laughs> and um, so we've got to go. And we want, yes, we, want, uh, we want to thank all of you for listening. Join us again tomorrow for Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green right here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. Until that time, continue to shine your light. See you tomorrow. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings.